Merry Christmas. It's great to be here with you today. If this is uh, your first time here, let me just again say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve uh, to you. Merry Christmas Eve in the morning to you. If you've never done a Christmas Eve service in the morning, this is my first time. Uh, my name is Andy. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, uh, hi. Welcome to High Point Church. You've heard just a little bit about who we are, uh, just from uh, Amy being up here. This is a family service today. Uh, if you've ever been to a Christmas Eve family service, that means there are kids in service everywhere. And that means you will probably hear them. You, I promise you, you will hear my children in the front row today. They've got their little crayons going, and we're doing their best to stay locked in. I have two messages prepared. One is if the, the plane starts to just go down, you know, if the kids are starting to lose their minds. And then I've got another one to keep you here for as long as I possibly can. It's going to be great. Guys, it really is a pleasure to be here uh, with you here today. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, there's nothing like celebrating together, uh, not just with our family here, our church family, but as you just heard, we're part of a ministry called Every Nation. And that means that when we are doing this, we are celebrating with other churches around the world, literally hundreds of thousands of other believers like you and me. Obviously, there are other churches as well, but it's neat that there are churches that look and feel a lot like this, that taste a lot like this, and are passionate about the same things, and they're doing it literally all over the planet. I love that, and it does excite me for our week of prayer and fasting. So I want to encourage you, as Amy mentioned uh, so well, if uh, you'd like to participate, even if you're a guest from out of town, uh, grab one of the booklets on the way out. And by the way, uh, if this is your first time or you weren't here last week, we've got a brand new High Point coffee mug. That's right. That, that didn't do it justice. It's like a campfire mug. What's it made out of? Ceramic? Okay, whatever. It looks nice. It looks really good. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. And that means you need to, Merry Christmas, you need to stop by hello uh, at guest services on the way out the door today. Pick up your prayer book, uh, your devotional, and also uh, your brand new High Point ceramic coffee mug uh, because they're cool like that. Uh, guys, I'm not going to be long today. But Christmas is a lot of things to a lot of people. It's bittersweet for some. Some of you have lost loved ones, so Christmas has taken on a new meaning for you. It's a hard time. For others, it's just that, that time of year that you look forward to more than anything else. You can't wait for the Christmas carols and the candy canes and the garland and the Christmas trees, and you just you live for this. Hallmark movies and all that. Oh, I know some of you are like, yeah, that's me. I'm all about it. couple traditions. Everybody has generally some kind of tradition. So I started looking up Christmas traditions that I did not know about, and I want to share some with you this morning as we get going. Can you raise your hand if anybody has done the Christmas Eve pickle ornament? Anybody done that? I see one hand, two hands, three hands. I like it. I'd never heard of this before. Some of you are like, what on God's green earth are you talking about a Christmas pickle? Right? So the last ornament that goes on the tree, goes on the tree Christmas Eve, and it's a pickle. Only the pickle gets hidden somewhere in the house, and one of the kids, or all the kids, it's their job to find it 
And whoever finds the Christmas pickle gets an extra gift in their stocking. I love it. Christmas pickle. Come on, Christmas pickle. Has anybody heard of the peppermint pig? Yeah, I never had either, but I'm, I'm all about this. So there's a company in New York that makes the peppermint pig. They ship it out around the globe. What you do is you order a pig, a peppermint pig, and it comes with a hammer. True story. And my wife is laughing at me. You get this small little peppermint pig, and all your family gets around the table. And one by one, you take the hammer, and you hit the peppermint pig, and you eat a piece of peppermint, and you talk about what you are thankful for for that year. And you obliterate this pig, (laughs) and you eat peppermint together at the table while being thankful. I actually love that. I love to smash things. I love peppermint. And the slaughtering of pigs is always a wonderful thing. So, Merry Christmas. Yeah? If it, yeah, if it was bacon, if it would somehow magically turn it into bacon, it'd be the greatest Christmas moment of all time. Everybody would do it. Uh, but guys, some of you do pajama parties. Some of you, it, it, like Christmas Eve is a tradition of exchanging pajamas in the Old Navy $5 pajama pants. Uh, there's Christmas caroling. Some people do Chinese takeout. Every single Christmas Eve. I don't know if that was started by a Christmas story, the movie, if that's what got it going, but that is tradition for many Americans. And then for, if you're like me, you might have grown up going to the movies, and that was your thing to do, the big, the Christmas movie. We say that, I say all these things, right, because there's about a billion and one different things that people do at Christmas, and if we're not careful, we miss what the real story of Christmas is about. Now, all of those things are great. I love family getting together. I love the driveway being packed with cars. I love hot cocoa being made, sitting around in your pajama pants, watching movies and eating food until you just can't, you know, you you can't eat anymore. But that's not the true heart of Christmas. And so this morning, here's what we're going to do. This fine Christmas Eve morning is we're going to remind ourselves From beginning to end, the story of Jesus being born and what the heart of Christmas is really about. Now, you might be sitting here and you've heard the story a thousand and one times. Well, today you get to hear it for the thousand and second time. And I want you to work on hearing it afresh. But I also want to remind you of this because sometimes in the Bible Belt, we can assume that everybody knows this story. And I want to remind you that actually people don't. People grow up around this, but they don't really know the truth of who Jesus is and how it can set them free. Just in the past few weeks, we had somebody in our church who was hearing the Christmas story of Jesus being born, and they had never heard it before. Not any of it. And afterwards, they went out to eat with some people in the church, and they asked, would you explain this to me? Because we do not know this story. We grew up in another country and don't know it. And every year, my wife and I end up having conversations with people who do not know the story of Jesus coming to the earth. And so that's why, without getting all fancy, without getting into this, you know, I'm not going to spit and sweat up here this morning, although I might, I am wearing a jacket, so I have no promises. We're going to read the story together. Can we do that? 
Father, be with us as we look to have the right perspective on you coming to earth, on your, the very first Christmas, our Savior being born. Help us to think right, to look right, to celebrate right, to have our hearts right, Lord, as we celebrate you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Turn to the book of Luke. It's the third book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 26 through 33. I'm going to do my best to keep all of the children entertained while I do it. Yes, I know. Some of you guys are sweating. Come on, moms and dads. You are powerful. You're doing a great job. Let's go. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. It was a town in Galilee, and he sent the angel to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. David being one of the, the mightiest, significant kings in all the, the, the history of the Bible. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, you found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, for he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. So to paraphrase, Mary gets an announcement from an angel. And the angel freaks her out. And she's worried and she's concerned. And the angel says, hey, don't worry. You're going to give birth to Jesus Christ, okay, the Savior of the world. No pressure, Mary, none at all. And then we get to the actual birth, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. I'm going to skip down to three. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So Mary is told that you are going to give birth to the Son of God. I know you're a virgin. Surprise. I know that you haven't had any time with Joseph, but you're going to have a baby. And people are going to ridicule you, and they're going to accuse you, and they're going to assume things about you and Joseph. You're just going to have to deal with that. Because you, Mary, are highly favored. Well, it doesn't feel like I'm highly favored. What's up with that? Oh, and by the way, now that you're nine months pregnant, Caesar Augustus would have you travel pregnant Mary, nine months pregnant Mary, on foot about a week to get to Bethlehem. Now, not everybody here has had a baby. Even the men who are like, yeah, well, I've had a baby. No, you haven't. You haven't had a baby. Your wife had a baby, and you got to hold her hand and help with that process. See, I'm, I'm earning points here this morning, guys. 
I don't know what it's like to be nine months pregnant and to be walking for nearly a week on foot. But if I'm Mary, I would be saying, this baby is coming. I will not walk back pregnant. This ba- Jesus is coming out, and he's coming out now. Now, granted, that didn't have to happen because she was ready, and she had the baby, and there was no room for her at the inn, she and Joseph, because naturally the crowds had come for the census to be taken. And these are the, the, the details around Jesus' birth. But we're not done there because in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says that there were shepherds living out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks at night. And angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared, praising God, saying glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. All right. For the most part, we have just read. I realize there's, we've got children, you know, there's pictures being colored. There's lots of things happening. But isn't that life? Okay? This is the story of Jesus, and it is filled with surprises and distractions and things that just flat out don't make sense. This is the Son of God coming to the earth. And sometimes we forget why we need this king in the first place. Why are we celebrating the birth of Jesus? Why is it really that big of a deal? Why has Christmas become the global phenom that it is? Now, it's turned into gifts under the tree, but it wasn't always the case. And the reality is this, that that before Jesus was born, about 4,000 years ago, there was, another, there was another man and his wife on the earth named Adam and Eve, and they sinned, and that relationship with God was broken, and it was forever broken. And for 4,000 years, people had been looking for an answer and looking for a solution and Like you and I, when things are broken, sometimes we try to take things into our own hands, don't we? And we try to fix things, and we try to make it right, and we try to fill the hole in our heart with a lot of different things, but the brokenness would never go away, and there was a constant crying out to God, God, would you help? God, would you send a deliverer? God, would you free us from this? 4,000 years. Now, if you're like me, we don't do great with time management or, excuse me, understanding time nowadays. If you got a new phone over the holidays, or everybody here has a mobile phone, probably has a data plan on it. And I guarantee at some point, some of you have been frustrated because you've dropped a call. Have you not? You've been in a rough patch. You're driving you know, through fields, and your call gets dropped. Or your data, your data, you're on Safari or Google or whatever inferior phone that you might use uh, other than an iPhone, 
it's not working. It's not, it's, not, it's not the speed that you would like. And you're frustrated at how slow your phone is reacting and responding. And we forget that we literally have a device that is communicating to a satellite that is orbiting the earth at 17,000 miles an hour around the planet. And it's communicating with you. And we're like, my God, what is wrong with you? Why is my phone being so slow? What is the problem? My life is terrible. I need a new phone. Mom, Dad, I need a new phone. You know how this goes. We're all sitting there and you're doing this. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have done that. We've all done that. And our understanding in 2017, 2018, soon to be, we don't understand time. We hardly know the names of our great-grandparents anymore. Yet that wasn't always the case. And we have a history of people who have been crying out to God for 4,000 years. And God, in His infinite wisdom and His infinite timing, even though it may not look like it and it may not always feel like it, God chose this time for His Son to be born, the Deliverer, the one who would rescue these people from their sin. And yet everything about this birth required an unbelievable amount of trust. See, Mary had an angel appear to her and say, trust me, you're going to give birth to Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph, your fiancé is pregnant, but she's not pregnant by you. You're going to have to trust me on this one. Oh, by the way, you're going to need to get up and walk for a week. I know you're nine months pregnant, but you're going to need to trust me on this. Trust me. Shepherds, surprise. Angels are in the field, and they're singing and giving praise to God. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave your fields, and I want you to go find this baby Jesus and worship him. But you're going to have to leave this all behind. You're going to need to trust me here. The wise men, here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to follow a star in the sky. No, no big deal the North Star, and find it, and somehow when it, you know, it's shining over that house, that'll be your signal, the bat signal, that, that this is where Jesus is, and you can come in and worship him. You're going to have to trust us, and you're going you're gonna to have to follow this star, and you're, you're going to need to trust me. And for 4,000 years, there were people who were crying out to God, and the ultimate answer, truly, in Scripture was, trust me. And God would raise up deliverers which would point to another one and point to another one. But at the end of the day, the scripture teaches us one thing, that God is good and that God can be trusted. And Christmas reminds us, ladies and gentlemen and children and families, that we serve a God whose timing at times can be puzzling and baffling and whose actions at times can be confusing. But nevertheless, we have the vantage point 
Our seat is easy because we see the whole story at hand. But God's beckoning to those, and might I add, to you, is to trust him. Christmas reminds us that we serve a Jesus who didn't just stay a baby, but rose in stature and favor that grew, filled with the Holy Spirit, who lived the life that you and I could never live. The brokenness that was on the inside of us wasn't on the inside of him. And he lived a perfect life for you and for me. And he died the death that you and I deserve that we might be able to trust him and put our faith in him. That is the story of Christmas in Luke chapter 2 is just page 1. That's what Christmas is about. And when we sing our Christmas carols, I am sweating. I, I told you that I wasn't going to sweat, but I am. It's it hot up on this stage. That's who we serve, guys. When we celebrate Christmas, this is why we celebrate. Children, when you open presents, and I know you're excited, my kids are excited to get up and wake us up at the crack of dawn tomorrow to go downstairs and to open presents. But I have the strangest, most baffling thing to tell you today, little ones and moms and dads. I'll remind you. Brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, everybody that's here, the greatest gift, or, uh, the greatest thing of Christmas is not getting, it's giving. And the reason we give gifts is because you and I have received the greatest gift of all time. And that is Jesus Christ, who was born of this world, who lived, who died, and who did it all for you and for me. That's the story of Christmas.